So are you a language school or owner or are you dreaming of becoming one? Then this episode is totally for you. We are going to talk about what makes a good language school. I think that there are only three elements, but I'm going to describe them in real detail. So stick around. Let me know what you think once you've listened and let's dive in. So my name is Ola Kowalska and I'm a business coach for people working in languages. I used to run a language school myself online and I also worked for language schools as well as a manager in a language school. So I think I know what I'm talking about and I've seen a lot, maybe not everything, but a lot. So today I wanted to share my reflections and my experience with what a language school really needs to have in place to call themselves a good place, a community hub. So as I said, three things, that's it. It all kind of starts Maybe they are not the most important thing because I see those three things as some sort of like a trifecta and without one, I don't think the other can exist. So there is no hierarchy. Um, Is the leader, is the CEO, the owner, the person whose whose idea it was. There might be more than one and that's okay. I'm going to kind of treat them as one body, let's say. Um, It's that visionary. Maybe it's you listening. So I wanted to tell you that you are super important, but not for the reasons that you probably think. You are not there to just put out the fires and to make sure everything runs smoothly for your teachers, to solve all the problems. It's part of your role, but it's not the most important. I feel that so many language school owners, and I definitely experienced that at all uh, as well, just Along the way, after they've realized the dream of opening a school, they forget that it was about something bigger than themselves and about something bigger than just creating a workplace for themselves. Because that's unfortunately the reality. Language school owners, and I was like that myself, go into it with a vision, with passion. They may not even have the business um, foundations, but they soon have to learn so many things in practice. So it's like a crash course in becoming a business person. And it may not be perfect. It may not be ideal, but it's all sort of working. But what I see as one of those biggest problems, I don't want to say a mistake because everybody does what they can, right? But something that I think is really worth uh, reflecting on is what your role actually is and how it evolves over time. Because the fact that you started it all, the fact that you've organized it, so you organize the timetables, you organize maybe even the lessons, maybe the curriculum for your school. It depends how, if you share your responsibilities with other people, it absolutely needs to evolve into other things over time. Because we all probably know that if business is not growing, it's failing. We, in order to maintain a business, the business needs to grow and you need to grow with it. So if you're still in that role of a bit of a firefighter, I, I would just pause and think about it. What can I do to be more of a leader here? not just a person who is behind the scenes making it all work because you are so much more important than that and your vision is more important than just cleaning up the messes, okay? 
I am going to thread on a potentially triggering topic of if you still teach in your language school, I'm not going to scold you for it. You're an adult. But I think that it makes it really difficult to really tend to all the areas that need your attention. Um, so on the practical level, there is the marketing, there is the client relationships, but there is also management. So while in the side of my business and my work, where I work with solo teachers, solopreneurs, I think it's much more justified that they can combine teaching and being their own kind of CEOs of their own business, because I feel like there is more space for that. In a language school environment, your role is bigger. It, it naturally is. Because you are, as I say, you are the CEO, you are the visionary, you are the person who organizes it, absolutely. You are very often probably also responsible for the money and you're a team manager, you're a team leader. So it's not about creating distance and you being a boss who just sits behind a desk and doesn't do anything and only just, you know, scolds your staff. It's not about that, but it's about taking on a role that makes people who work with you and who come to your school as clients to feel more safe. Because a language school is, to me, is a bit like a ship. A language school, yes, requires the captain to sometimes do the dirty work, absolutely, and any good captain would. But at the end of the day, all the staff and all the passengers needs to feel need to feel that there is direction. Without direction, you're only one of your staff. You're only doing what needs doing every day to keep it going. But we don't want it to just keep it going, right? You didn't start it. You didn't go on that journey um, just to keep it going, right? Or if you did, maybe it's worth reconsidering because that's a bit of a waste of time, isn't it? You could as well work for someone else and you would probably be less stressed, because I can imagine that being responsible for other people and for a whole establishment where you also hire other people is just massively, it's, it might be very heavy. And I don't think I can take away any of that heaviness, but you need to create space for it. You need to create space where you are the visionary because that is the most important role. Um, so I believe and I've noticed with my clients and with um, people that I worked with that it very often comes down to a few problems. So obviously, when you've started your when you start your own business, it then very it, it then becomes very hard to delegate, to believe that there are other people who would do your job as well as you would. And I'm going to give you a shift if that's you. A shift is that. You cannot expect that people that you hire, whether it is teachers or other team members, like a secretary, like a VA, whoever, depending on what model of school you're running, to do the job exactly as you do. You cannot. It's impossible. But remember that 80%, a job done 80% well or 80% as well as you would do it is 100% incredible. Because that's when you're not doing it. And we need you to be doing something else. We need you to actually be doing less 
and thinking more and creating space for your creativity. And I know it may even feel self-indulging, but I wanted to convince you, and there will be a series of more podcast episodes about that. Um, I want you to believe, I want you to fully embrace the fact that when you took on this role, this is the responsibility that actually came with it, to make the decisions, to be creative, and to be the visionary, and to be the captain. And a captain doesn't bloody clean the floors. So that's ingredient number one. Ingredient number two is the people. So I, and this is especially with, from my experience working in language schools, I feel that there was like people working in language schools. So teachers, the life and soul and the blood of a language school were very often overlooked. They were just there so that clients are happy. And I understand clients are super important. Like without them, it doesn't exist. Like a school doesn't exist. And you need to have enough of them so that the staff have enough work, enough hours, and all of that is important. But everybody needs to be looked after. So when I say people, I don't just mean people who come and pay you money. I also mean your staff. So that might also put my argument about you being a leader, a CEO, uh, I'm kind of assuming here that you are the owner of your own language school, um, it kind of requires you to also look after those people. And when you're cleaning up, when you're putting out fires, you absolutely have no space. If you're not looking after yourself and you're constantly stressed by your language school, you're not looking after your team either. You're not setting an example for your team. And no matter at what capacity you hire your people, whether it is zero-hour contracts, freelancing, doesn't matter. Imagine, if you are here, if you've been here, and if you've been resonating with what I say, you know that I want to change the language teaching world. Do you know what it also means? That you, as a language school owner, gets to change it on a small scale, or it's actually not a very small scale, but within the industry. So I'm doing it from like outside, you're doing it within by creating an amazing workplace for your people where teachers who are actually, who actually feel the calling and who feel that they want to work for someone else because there is nothing wrong with that, that they can, that they can enjoy their work, that they can be paid well eventually. I know you might be feeling guilty about certain things. That's also okay. But remember, those people really matter. And without you looking after yourself, they are probably also a bit neglected. Um, another thing is that I think that, um, and I noticed it in language schools and I always found it a bit bizarre that language teachers, and that maybe that's specific to the UK. So if you want to reach out and let me know if that, that wasn't your experience, please do, because I would be curious to find out. But I find that language teachers are hired um, as if they were employees, but then all the pay and all those benefits that come with the work or lack of benefits um, makes them feel or, or looks as if they were only contractors. So I would say that there is a, a bit of a, some weird mismatch between the 
the, the kind of conditions of pay and employment and how people are treated. And I would want to see this, this gap being completely eliminated because I believe, I totally believe that you can have teachers hired on a, like, let's say not full-time contracts, right? But still, so that they make the money and feel respected. It's totally possible to do. It requires work. It requires very often a revolution. Um, but it can be done only if, if, if people want to. There is always this argument in language schools that there are such low profit margins and the fact that people pay mainly for teaching and then most of this money goes into paying teacher salaries is to me, it's just so toxic because it's as if it was denying that the teachers actually play the biggest role because they kind of do. Um, they help keep the clients engaged. They help keep the students actually satisfied. So not recognizing that. And I'm again, all that speech and all that rant that I have here, please don't take it personally. It's just my, my experience, probably f uh, from working in language schools that were really big and like more like corporations. Um, but I, I don't want to see that anymore because we can also live in a society where being a freelance teacher is one option and it can be lucrative and lovely and freedom filled. But if somebody chooses to work for a language school, it should come with um, respect at the very least, which I very often see is not the case. And that's sad. And the way I want to tie it to you and your role as a leader is that you can create an environment that feels like this. So if you now feel pressure, it's because this is a highly, it's an important job to create a good, uh, a good employment place, a good environment for people, but you need to have space to be able to do it. So if you ever feel that there are certain things that other people cannot do as well as you, just try reframing that for yourself. If you feel that you, you are the only one who can teach best. And I know you may not even admit it. You may not even be able to say it out loud because it's hard. It's, 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 it's very like, it's uncomfortable to say this. But if you deep down believe that you're the best teacher in your school as a, as the owner, then there is something that you can do about it. You can teach your teachers to do it. You can teach your methods. You can teach your, your like attitude towards being in the classroom, right? You can come to the classrooms, observe them in a friendly, lovely manner that would help them. That's also teaching. So if you miss your classroom practice, that could be the channeled energy of you teaching. And I, I feel that that would make it even more effective because then you're also literally training an army of people who are not only satisfied, not being micromanaged, but who are growing under your wing. It's, it's, it's such a big opportunity. And that leads me to point number three. A lang, a good language school is cre, is an space, a hub, a community, because I see language schools as massive communities where there is the ability to help people on a larger scale. So the way I see the difference between my solopreneur teachers, um, and you guys in language schools is that 
you are able to make a difference and make an impact already from within the industry by creating a better workplace, by creating better programs, by creating a better customer experience, by not letting people believe that they need to go from a level to a level, by not letting believe that they need to study for years, because very often people don't, right? Let's leave that for school or maybe for children. That's okay, right? But let's have that conversation maybe on another occasion. The ability of having an impact here is absolutely incredible. So, Again, going back to your role as the leader, you have, there are lots of like heavy responsibilities here, but there are also, there is also a world of opportunities. You, and it's all in your hands, right? So this is, this is basically this whole episode is just telling you that you need to recognize how fantastic of a thing you created and embrace it. You need to embrace it, embrace your role in it, but also uh, acknowledge the role and respect the role of your team, your teachers, your secretaries, your whoever else works for you, your team, your marketing people, whatever, whoever works for you. Um, because this is absolutely and has a chance to be, uh, to be life changing for many people involved. As you can imagine, a solo teacher only has a chance to reach a certain number of people, even if they create one too many offers. But you, you've got, you've got influence. So it's like, it's a little bit like the pyramid, but let's hope it's not <laughs> one of those pyramids. Um, you influence your team. Your team then influences those people that they work with. So the students. So if we spread positivity, if we spread more effective language learning techniques, if we spread more positive language learning motivational messages, the whole world can change. The whole language teaching world can change from the inside. All right. So I'm saying all of this for a reason. There is something that is happening in my business that I've wanted to finally start talking about. It's called Limitless. It's a program. It lasts six months and it's for that bold CEO of a language school. If you're interested, um, I've been running a bit of a beta version of it, but I would love to start welcoming new people to it because I think it's going to change a lot. I, I've recognized how, how big of an impact I can have by helping you. So please reach out and let me know if that's something you'd want to uh, take part in. Limitless, it's called. Or simply just uh, comment here. Um, thank you very much for being here today. And see you in the upcoming episodes for Language School Owners. Bye. <laughs>